0: Welcome to another episode of the Silicon Dreams, 1550 AM. I'm Charlene from Orbis86, your host for today. So from the challenges of the past to the dynamic present and the promising future, we are going to uncover insights that go beyond the surface of Web3. And today we have joining us Farooq Sheikh, head of marketing at Martian, a Web3 platform that empowers developers to create and monetize decentralized applications. Welcome, Farooq It's great to have you on the Silicon Dreams.
1: Excellent.
0: Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, reflecting on your eight years of experience in marketing, growth and entrepreneurship. What initially drew you to the world of blockchain and Web3?
1: So this takes me back to my beginning days, my entrepreneurial days, right? which, is, which is how I began my journey. So I started an e-commerce store back in college. right? So I started doing uh, the pay-per-click ads, the PPC ads, media buying, programmatic ads, and stuff like that. So I did that for about three, four years, like the beginning phase of my life, wherein I sold a company as well, like an e-commerce store, the one that I'm talking about. Um, so during that phase, I realized that there was a lot of, um mishaps or a lot of you know uh, lack of trust going on within uh, the data privacy space, right? At least in the ad domain, like in the you know in the ad tech domain, right? So whatever ads that you see, whatever uh you know collateral that you click on is basically programmed to you know uh, have you um you know uh, take an action on that particular uh, collateral, like <laughs> instead of you wanting to do it by yourself, right? So I think the user behavior has uh, so drastically been influenced by these platforms be matter you know like other platforms right <clears throat> other media buying platforms google and stuff so i realize that it is time for me to you know stop feeling guilty that you know my bread and butter is coming from you know from, from trying too much into the privacy of uh, the users and i've done that for a very long time. I've done that for about five, six years. I was in the ad space, like in the ad tech space. I ran my own marketing agency. So at some point felt that there must be a transition. And that's when the 2019 ICO uh, you know, bubble happened, the you know, the bull market hit, right? So 2019 was the first time when I got exposed to investing in uh, crypto. Uh, so I, I've been holding Ripple and Bitcoin since 2017, since college, but you know, like Web3 as an ecosystem, as, um, you know, um, uh, uh, as as an ecosystem of applications built on, you know, uh, top of blockchain is something that was pretty new to me. And that was something that happened to me in 2019, right? So that was the first time I got exposed to this as an ecosystem. So I thought there is something for me to work on. And that's how I started working on my own project called Soul Games. Okay. So it's a game five project. Uh, so, we entered Solana India Hackathon in 2021, in November, and we were of the top five honorary mentions in that uh, hackathon uh, in the NFT gaming category. So, that was like a good validation coming from me, and before that, I was just trying to get my hands dirty, you know, uh, you know wanting to learn a lot about uh, this space. So, I think there's nothing better, there's no better way than building something, you know, uh, in that particular category or niche to learn about it, right? So, I think that's my... Initial exposure to Web three, yeah. uh, so I built it. I raised some recent funds. I've raised about one hundred thousand dollars from a bunch of market investors, and that's how it began. Yeah.
0: Awesome, that's that's a very interesting journey, I must say. So you know, speaking with you know, from where you come from and where you are today, can you like share a specific project or campaign from your past experience, uh, you know, in the blockchain space that you particularly found challenging or rewarding, whichever, or both?
1: Yeah. So yeah so challenging so it was for my game five project right so uh, the idea is to build the community which was easy because there, was, there were there a lot of uh you know uh methods of going about building a community in web3 because web3 is community based anywhere and, and whenever you reach out whenever you start a project and reach out to prospects uh there is an inbound intent to belong to a community so you don't really have to try so very hard so that comes naturally but then the challenge was to retain them mm-hmm. And how do we retain them for long? I think, uh, the churn rate, you know, uh, in in Web three is pretty high. It's is the highest across any industry that you can think about. So the challenge here was to retain custom retain users like the, the daily active users, uh, for our gaming project during our test net. Right, we were not mainnet at that point. So the challenge was to retain them. We we were able to acquire about five thousand active users at one point right uh, in a project okay. that s- slowly like you know fizzled out you know, slowly gradually you know uh, like you know like uh, toned down to about you know 300 odd uh, daus uh, right in a couple of months and that was uh, a shocker to us so uh, I, so that challenge was something that i could not really understand like what really was going on because uh, that is when we realized that you know web3 users web3 gaming enthusiasts just, you know, paddle the ships, you know, just move around quite a lot, you know, like trading, trying to make a quick buck and X, X, Y, Z. So I think that's when we realized that you have to, you know, have like a loyalty uh, system around it. So we took up the NFT project uh, along with our gaming project, and then we attached the NFT project, you know, while we gated the NFT project uh, for all our users, right? So that created a sense of FOMO and Mm -hmm. uh, we attributed the value of the NFT for as long, so to as, much time spent as they spend, as a user spends on a platform. So that way we were able to retain the user uh, for a very long time. In fact, after we launched this, uh, in about uh, three to four months, we were able to retain about, so the churn rate was about 70% month on month. Till that point, so by end of three to four months after launch, uh, we were able to have, you know, uh, retain about 78%, 80% of our users. It's about 20% churn, which is like very, very less compared to, you know, any other industry any uh, of the vertical within Web three so i think that's how we tackled it mm-hmm. but yes yeah, so i think that's that's the biggest challenge yeah and there are the rewarding stuff as well but that's the biggest challenge that i face
0: yeah i mean you know uh, even now i think web3 marketing is still catching on especially in a country like india so you know uh, on that yeah. note you know what were some of the misconceptions i think you like you know you faced back then but now you've seen it evolve over time especially uh, personally with with how you've come up in web3
1: so one of the misconceptions is web three marketing is different, like totally different from web two marketing. It's not right. I think that's something that even I realized because I I came from the mindset that I'm gonna change things so quickly here. I'm gonna, by by changing I mean the the overall uh, customer acquisition dynamic, right? The customer acquisition to nurturing to retention to you know, to promotion. That, that that entire dynamic was something that I was looking for to change because the way we would acquire customers and other users in Web2 uh, was like I said, at, is at the cost of you know uh, the users' privacy itself. Yeah. So, but then when I entered Web3, it was not so different, right? So, um, and that's on the surface, right? I think when you dig deeper, I think one misconception that uh, that that got uh, you know blown out pretty much in Web3 was uh, communities is something that. Really came to the fore as the as the key to holding the project together. I think that's something that we we realize is also very relevant in web two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now that we're seeing you know the PPC cost, the ad cost going up in web two, right? Uh, companies like brands are trying to create content and build their own communities and then you know like uh, like carving out or manufacturing a product that suits the community. Mm-hmm. So it's become the other way around, you know, wherein they like build a product, roll it out first, and then acquire a customer. Yeah. Uh, but now it's the okay. other way around, right? So they build a community and then sell a product to the customers uh, to the community. So I think that's something that that's been you know like uh, uh, I would say like blown apart mm-hmm. uh post chapter three, but that's the one parallel that I would.
0: That's very yeah. true. I think the importance of communities in Web3 is, I mean, it plays a huge role. If there's no community, the project barely survives, you know, in general. So, um, you know, moving to like the present now as the head of uh, marketing at Martian, how do you currently, you know, see the landscape of Web3 evolving? And, you know, what ro- role does Martian play in this evolving landscape?
1: So Martian is a crypto wallet, right? It's based. It's uh, part of the Move ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's built on Aptos and Sui. And Martian is one of the top two. I would say, like currently, it's the top player player in the Aptos ecosystem as far as wallets game goes. Uh, so, uh, I and mean, my stint with Martian is not so. Lo- I mean, not uh, so long, right? So I have been associated with them for about five months now, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I was bestowed with the responsibility of launching uh, the portfolio dApp for the wallet, right? And right. so my responsibility was to launch the GTM, to like, the GTM for the uh, for the portfolio dApp, right? Uh, build more partnerships around the dApp with other uh, projects that use our wallet or would integrate our wallet into the system. So I think uh, the way I would see Martian in this space is Martian is one of those wallet examples uh, that could be replicated by a lot of new uh, wallets to come you know, uh, to come to the ecosystem in the future because Martian is pretty lean. The way it's built mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, it's very user-friendly, right? Uh, it's very transparent. Like, I mean, if there is a bug or if there is, uh, you know, like a red flag on a certain project's website, like an XYZ on a, on a white paper or XYZ, right? So uh, Martian actually triggers a notification directly, you know, trying to stop that, up the transaction, unlike other wallets, which don't really do that unless, you know, you complete the entire transaction. So I think there are certain aspects to it. There is account abstraction feature that's being uh, integrated into the wallet as well uh, over the past, uh, you know, two, three weeks. So I think uh, the way I see Martian evolving in this space, either it could bring more uh, user friendliness and more stickiness to the wallets, to the wallet scene, to the wallet space, uh, which has been lacking, right? I think the loyalty aspect of a crypto wallet has been lacking for a very long time. And I think with Martian, uh, I think that is something that we can take uh, a lot of pride in because our sickness, our loyalty, like our customer loyalty, our user loyalty is very high compared to any other uh, wallet. And we are also built on, uh, you know, uh, uh, in, in an ecosystem that doesn't have too many dApps, right? So we basically occupy about 60% market share in the AppLose ecosystem. Uh, So that's pretty commendable and we, yeah, and we pretty much occupy the uh, entire search real estate for APROS Wallet currently. So I think that's, I mean, that's how I would see, you know, uh, Martian Wallet going forward.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, uh, going back uh, to you, when you spoke about, uh, you know, building and nurturing uh, engaged communities and how it's, how it is really crucial. So, you know, how do you approach Uh, community building in the context of Web3 and you know what are the strategies that have proven uh, most effective for Martian?
1: In terms of community I guess it's I mean this entire notion of uh, Web3 and communities that also have been like pretty bloated because people have started trying and started exploiting uh, communities as the format right I think I think one way to build a community is to like probably do a bunch of quests, do a lot of shady stuff, do shilling and stuff like that. But that's not how we would want to build a community. We want to build a community based on, you know, showing some value, right? Just showing some long-term value. Right? I think uh, I think the, the first aspect that would have to cover when you build a community is to build, is to establish a brand offline. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important, right? You can't just have a landing page and expect people to you know, just for, uh, uh, flock into your project. But, into your digital touch points that doesn't really work that right uh, so I think like having like a decent IRL uh, experience and decent IRL uh, presence for the brand is really important in definitely right because of whatever that's been going on in our students and things like crashs and all that so I think so there is there's a trust deficit in web and I think to compensate for that you'll have to have that high touch uh, handsy approach you know in dealing with your uh, uh, client's grievances, issues, like queries, right? Uh, FAQs and stuff like that. I think it's really important to have a back-and-forth conversation with the community and I think that's how you would build a community that sticks. Uh, so this like, going after the numbers doesn't really make any sense because there are like a billion shady ways of getting those numbers. I think it's about having that constant communication with your users and then showing them value in the long term but but not you know, trying to just you know bring it down to, uh, into smaller dopamine hits every week. I like we think that doesn't really sustain for long, right? And once they get that dopamine hit, they would, uh, they would leave. They would switch, become addicted to something So you would want to only stick around with that community, with that set of users that could last, uh, with you for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And one way is to just, uh, show it to them initially. At the very first instance, that uh, you are in it for the longer, right? And that will just filter a lot of uh, noise and and, and just have the cream uh, inside your system. And that's what we want.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think yeah, the importance of, you know, just giving that in real life experience is also something that we do at Orbis 86. So, you know, it's uh, very relatable in that sense. Uh, something that I did want to ask you was, you know, if you could elaborate on uh, the concept of omni-channel user acquisition and retention strategies that, you know, you've developed for projects or, you know, you've kind of seen in the blockchain space and, you know, how do these strategies uh, differ from, uh, you know, traditional marketing approaches?
1: Look, I think omnichannel for Web3 uh, would again okay, like just you know just going back to Web2, right? Because I think they, so now the space between the line between Web and Web3 marketing is pretty blurred. I and mean, whatever that has happened. I think people uh in other projects now have started, you know, like approaching Web3 uh, from a web two perspective, like through a web two lens. By that I mean uh, firstly, like you know, having like doing your housekeeping, right? Just for example, like just keeping your SEO hygiene in place, right? Uh, having a clean newsletter, you know, having building an like an email list, right? Uh, engaging with your community and not just chilling, uh, paying a bunch of uh, you know uh, bunch of moderators. So I think though, so this stuff is something that's uh, that's pretty, you know, pretty apparent. Uh, amongst projects now in terms of how they're approaching marketing in Web3. I think this is something that's going to stick around, uh, around for a very long time. I think that that, that line between Web2 and Web3 has faded. In, right? uh, in terms of omni-channel, like I said, uh, now that the line is faded, not completely, but at least uh, I would say 60-70% like faded. Uh, so the part that isn't really faded that really distinguishes itself into Web3 as a web, uh, project. Is the partnerships, right? Because the three uh, uh, projects they survive on part- partnerships. I mean, that's one way they, you know, they can acquire users at a very normal, uh, you know, cap, right? I think that's something that you want to crack. I mean, so you'd have to crack how to land a partnership, and that in itself is a very, uh, you know, is a very big deal. Uh, pun intended.
0: Okay. And, um, you know, as someone who is, you know, passionate about bridging the gap between Web2 and Web3, uh, how do you, okay, this is a little, uh, you know, into the future question. So how do you envision uh, this transitioning, uh, this transition happening on a larger scale? And, you know, what are the challenges that you kind of foresee, especially in terms of marketing?
1: So I think uh, the challenges, I think, okay, the future for Web3 marketing is going to be uh, like very unique and very, very challenging. And I know that's a very broad statement to start with, but I think it's going to be unique because uh, the churn, okay, so now let's just think about it from a very first principle standpoint, right? So I think uh, that fundamentally uh, says that uh, that it's all democratized and, you know, uh, and community is everything, right? So when community is everything, uh, each and every project now moving forward want to build so much leverage for their community that it becomes so very difficult for the user to come out of the community and, you know, and go and get another community, right? Uh, so, uh, unlike web 2 projects where the loyalty is not so great, right? Or The loyalty is not the one that really runs the system, uh, the project, the cash flows for them. Right? Um, but in Web3, I think the loyalty is what's going to take, take over. Now, given that being the context right <clears throat> the challenge would be to <clears throat> switch the customer so let's say for, for a new project to acquire a new customer is going to be challenging three four years down the line because communities are the ones where you have to uh, you know carve out your new customers right your, your new users and these communities are going to be uh, so very valuable to those users already so you'd have to show mu- show so much more value compared to the other uh, players in the ecosystem and that's going to be so so very difficult so it's going to be difficult for the new new projects to acquire new customers. Uh, rather, I would say the first thousand customers, and once they you know, it like hit that rather complete that plateau of uh, of that latency, I think that's when the uh, the network effect would kick in and then you know, things would spiral. But I think it's going to be difficult for the first thousand to thousand uh, you know uh, users. And so I think that's the challenge. Uh, and for the same reason, I think it's going to be pretty unique. I think lastly on that, I think. Uh, since the three believes in data privacy and you know, and, and storing really your data, so the, the entire cookie uh, uh, system is gonna go out, out of the picture. right? So the projects will not have information about what you clicked on and X, Y, Z, and where you've engaged in through. So your entire user journey across web is out of the picture now in the next three, four years. So when that goes out, uh, community becomes so much more important because uh, you cannot retarget uh, users that might have landed on your landing pages or on your digital touch points and not convert. You can't really do that in the next three four weeks. So it's very really ch- challenging in that context and companies will be uh, forward. Right. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So, you know, I mean, in in, in driving uh, adoption and innovation, like in the whole, you know, decentralized ecosystem, what do you think, uh, you know, are the steps that the industry as a whole needs to take? And, you know, how can um, marketers like yourself contribute to this transformation?
1: I think marketers should start focusing on building more trust. I think that's fair because founders, like, like builders are building stuff uh, already. And I think, that's one part of it. Like building more and more stuff in the ecosystem will obviously have its own uh, effect on increasing trust. But I think uh marketers would have to play a pivotal role in building the brand uh, for the project. Right. I think there's no brand in the like besides like see top 30, 40 projects, there's no brand, right? Uh it's something like let's say the other day Cosmos got split into two, and I think uh, nobody saw that coming. So I think uh we we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow i think that's not how customers would want to uh would want to see you uh you know if you, they want to stick with you so you would want to build a brand that is known for something right this good example like nike right it's it's known it stands for something and that's what uh you know that that's what differentiates it from various other brands so i think you would want to be known for something and uh and, and stand by it for a very long time right and not uh but go back on your word that happened with a bunch of projects in the web3, right? So I think we are hard folks, and you know, we, we, I think this is where you would lose trust with web I think marketers should have to come together and say that was these are these X, Y, and Z rules that each and every project would have to adhere to. And that's how we can build a baseline trust with uh, our customers, our users, right? Uh, I think that uh, consensus will. To come along uh in years to come once uh the system the ecosystem becomes more and more organized and more and more regulated right now I think it's pretty uh while it's wild wild west right I think there's no one entity that can bring uh, a lot of marketers together because to be honest even marketers are hedging their risk uh whether to go completely into that three or just you know put one leg into that two and you know just pay the bills so I think to be fair even i have done that during my beginning phase of my career i mean even till uh, the middle phase of my of my journey so th- that skepticism still uh, lies within web3 marketers and that would have to fade uh, you know for the ecosystem to survive and for that we have to build brands and not projects
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, while you said like building trust is one of the most important things for, you know, anything to survive in web three at this point, because of everything that's happening, um, and not a lot of projects being doxed and things like that. So, you know, I believe that, uh, one of the most important things is also educating an audience. And, um, I know that you've been a speaker and a, a trainer at various events, if I'm not wrong, um, you know, so how do you kind of tailor your message to you know educate and inspire the, these these diverse audiences about the opportunities and challenges in web 3 because you know even if i heard about something like this before especially when we hear of things like crypto uh we automatically or some of us just want to push it aside and be like oh it, it, we associate it with scams so you know how do you uh you know educate the audience saying that this is what web 3 is and this is what the potential really
1: is so i think uh so for anyone who wants to educate themselves about crypto and wants to enter crypto, they have to fall in love with the philosophy of blockchain and not the promise. And there's a huge difference, right? Uh, somebody who comes into crypto now wants to like, you know, like swap something or you know make bitcoin or you know, like, so that's not working anymore. Right? And and you'd want to stick with projects for a very long time, uh, for you to see something, uh, come to yield. Mm-hmm. So now, in that context, if there is no return, like let's say if there is no financial return, like why would you want to do something like it? That's for the philosophy of it. Mm-hmm. So if you are in love with the philosophy of Web three, uh, with the ideology of Web three, the you know the, the founders of uh, you know uh, this really cool technology, I think that's where uh, you know you can incentivize yourself or you can motivate yourself to speak for long. So for that, I think you would have to educate uh, about blockchain from fr- from validated sources, right? Just don't follow everybody with the cool DP on Twitter. Right? I mean, that's not, and with, with a verified DP you know, and a bunch of followers, and like 100K followers plus is not a legit uh, crypto source to, uh, uh, they, you know, they absorb content from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you would have to do some research in terms of Uh, who to follow and validate them see what they've done in the past right I think that's where you begin. it's not just about reading you don't just depend on articles substack, medium you know like maven and stuff like that right so because these players have their own vested interests right and they write content that suits them that suits their project that suits SEO and XIZ so you would not want to just fall prey to content that's being produced by some random players some random media outlet Rather just follow some really good thought leaders who've been in the space for the technology, for the philosophy, for the ideology, and not for uh, the financial outcome. That's where you begin. And whatever that they say, whatever that they uh, propose, is what, again, you would want to cross-check with others who are talking about the same thing, and then make your own decision. Right? I think it's about people. It's not about some trusting somebody or something without a face. Right? Yeah. You want to go with something with a face, and with, with a valid trail of, uh, you know, uh, credibility and that's where you'd want to start, right?
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, that being said, I think for there are a lot of people who are, you know, hesitant to enter Web3, but at the same time, they find it very exciting. So, you know, on that note, what, uh, you know, what is the one advice that you'd want to give somebody who's looking to enter Web3 marketing, blockchain, or just Web3 in general?
1: Advice to enter Web3, right? So look, I think Web3 is different from crypto, clearly, right? So crypto uh, user need not be a Web3 enthusiast or a user, right? I think uh, it depends on uh, what value you want to draw from that Web3 project. If you want to draw a very specific value that you that you are not getting from a Web3 project, then I think it's the place for you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if if you are if you are getting the same value from a Web3 project, just stick to your Web3 project. Or, or, right? so you do not have to get into Web3 just to experiment with stuff that you don't stick around because that's just a waste of time, right? Uh, something needs to be solved uh, for you by that particular Web-T project. That's the only reason you have to come. So, I, I, I just think uh, that you just explore, like somebody just explore uh, alternates of whatever project they're currently using, right? For example, just open your app uh, store or your or place for it. Just, just skim through whatever the apps that you're already using from the web Right? And see if you can find alternates to that in web3. Just surf through, understand, learn more about them, the founders team, and so And if you like uh, the experience of the, of the web3 project, the, the web3 alternate, then you can stick around. I think it's about the use case. If the web3 project is giving you a use case to stick around, I think that's the best way to enter web3. Right, because you are validating the, uh, you know, uh, the benefit of Web three, and that's I think is a very good, uh, aspect for you to, uh, stick around for a very long time. Right, you want to validate something that's going to stay with you for a very long time. So I think yeah. that's where you can actually, uh, begin. Yeah
0: yeah uh that makes sense yeah and uh you know uh so the last question um what uh you know are the skills and mindsets that you believe are crucial for you know marketers or entrepreneurs to cultivate uh in order to succeed in this in this world of in the world of f3 i
1: think the biggest skill that i think the biggest and probably the only skill at this point would be uh to network with as many people as possible right just build your network in that you just know everyone there's no harm just know the good bad and ugly right uh and i think that is going to give you a lot of context in terms of what's really uh is going on today what happened yesterday and what's coming tomorrow mm-hmm. right because people are the ones that are driving this there, there's no government there's no there's, there's nothing around right there's no like, like there's no trillion dollar vc fund coming from somewhere it's just a bunch of enthusiasts, just, you know, just throwing money around and stuff like that. It's, there's no soft bank backing the, you know, backing the project. You know, with a 60 40 million. 40 million so it, it it's all uh, coming. Uh, I mean, so, uh, like all the interest and in the funds is coming from enthusiasts, right? So you would want to network with as many people as possible, as early as possible, right? Uh, and for that, you'd have to build a portfolio first. Right, just build a portfolio in terms of how we were able to contribute to projects in that 3 right? Just build a trail of all that work. Could be a, could be a GTM strategy that you might have helped, uh, with, for, you know, for an NFT project, let's say. Right? Let's say you, you might have contributed something uh, in a DAO, in a, in a DeFi DAO. Or so I think you would want to contribute something and then create a trail of all that, put it on Notion or a landing page or whatever, and then s- start reaching out to thought leaders. Not necessarily thought leaders, you could just reach out to you know, uh, somebody who's active on Twitter, creating content around, like, the, and, and LinkedIn, obviously. And so you'd want to build your network like, and literally like, I mean, as the, as a saying goes, your network is a network in that three, at least I don't know about that anymore, but I think in that three, it's, it's your network that's gonna, you know, sustain you for now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, networking, again, it goes to the whole thing of, you know, community building and IRL uh, uh, meetings and, you know, events and things like that, and the whole experience there. And, you know, that kind of builds the bigger picture for Web3, of course. So, yeah, it was a great conversation. I think with that, we come to an end of um, today's episode with the Silicon Dreams. It was lovely having you, Farooq. Thanks for taking time out to be here and give us your insightful, um, you know, thoughts on Web3 and your experiences. Yeah, thank you so
1: much. Yeah, I'm just... Thanks, Elaine. Thanks to Silicon Dreams and thanks to your users as well.